Hello there. We're Vincent Elliott McNally. Yes, the great-great-grandsons of map-making mogul, Rand McNally. We've recently released our family's first almanac in over 50 years, and now we're setting out on a new journey. Using Rand's old travel journal as our guide, we're visiting his 20 all-time favorite towns. We'll be counting down the greats as given by our great-great-grandfather and want you, the listener, to come along for the ride. In a show we call These Parts, a podcast putting towns on the map. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of These Parts. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Elliot McNally, and joining me, as he does every week, is my brother, Vince McNally. Vince, we've had quite a journey so far, and I just want to say that you know that I love you, right? Elliot, it's rare for us to show such outward, open emotion on the show, but I love you too, brother. And I think it's safe to say that you and I both love America. Would you say that's correct? Yes. uh, This is the easiest interview I've ever participated in. I do love America. I, I love the big parts of it and, of course, the small parts of it every corner of this crazy nation. And so did our great-great-grandfather. He loved America, but I think you'll agree that every point in a relationship has a time when you have to kind of break away. You and I did this even before we started season three. We did. We took an extended hiatus, uh, which is Latin for chill time. It was good for us. I think our great-great-grandfather is one of the greatest patriots this country has ever known, Uh, but that doesn't mean he can't have aspirations of his own. He's a nation charter, and he wanted to try his hand at nation building. I think that's spot on, Vince. And when this opportunity arose, he seized it. He said, you know, America, I've done great things for you. You've done great things for me, but I'm going to try something on my own. But I think what happened went down a little ignominiously in history. It sure did. Listeners, let's take a trip on some of you uh, older listeners might remember this uh, on the magic school bus back to a time in the 1700s when the fledgling nation of the United States of America purchased a big tract of land from the French government. It's called the Louisiana Purchase. And uh, this sort of set the stage for purchases around the world. Land grabs, as you might say. And Rand wanted to get in on this as well. So he went down to the burgeoning frontier of the continental south and purchased some land for himself. A small parcel, no bigger than a couple of parishes together, but he purchased it from a woman, a stateswoman, or who he believed to be a stateswoman, named Lucille Lefissiette. That is, of course, the namesake of this town. And it's a town, Vince, that I think we should put on the map. Absolutely, listeners. For the second to last time, take out your Tab Presents, the U.S. American Wall Map. Team Tab, we're all in this tab together. I do want to say, though, it is our second to last episode, and this Tab Map has already caught on. If you go to the stores and see an RC Presents, the map, that is a a knockoff. It is a bald-faced knockoff. I think this is neither the time or place to start a cola war. Uh, We tried that once before. It went disastrously. Uh, We will just say, for the record, for anyone keeping track, hashtag Team Tab. So take out your medallions if you have them. Take out your crushed tab cola cans if you have them. We're going to stick a medallion in our map, but with the help of the namesake's great-great-grandchild of this town, would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hi, y'all. I'm Blair Lefissiat. Um, welcome. Welcome so much to our town. I'm very excited um, to, to have you here and to stick this pin in the map. Blair, thanks so much for being here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, uh, down here in the South, my home is your home is my home again. We give, we take. It's so, so nice. And, oh, here's some iced tea for you, boys. You've had a long journey. Oh, thanks. Blair, speaking of taking, I seem to misplace my wallet. Oh, 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 here. Oh, it found its way into my purse. Oh, no. I'm oh, sorry. You know what? When I sat down, it must have popped out of my pocket. You know, oh, it must have. Yeah, I see. Your, your pockets look like they spit things out. I'm so sorry about that. Elliot, how many times... Do I have to say not to keep the paper frogs in your wallet after you fold them out of the napkins at the diners we eat at? It spring loads it. We've seen yeah. this has happened before, and I dare say it'll happen again. I also bought one of those uh, novelty cans of peanut brittle, 
um, at the store and put it in my back pocket with the lid off. So that might have happened as, as well. The, the spring yeah. load. I, I didn't want to place any blame, Blair. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that because there is a stigma here. And I just, you know, I'm here to fight against it. That's why I started this visitor center. I just wanted everyone to know, hey, when you're here in Lafayette, you're welcome, and we're welcome, and you're welcome. And it's just this give and take cycle that we love here. So you've touched it already, Miss Lafissiette, and I think it's important that we bring up why this town has a stigma. Uh, it has something to do with our great-great-grandfather. Now, he purchased the land from your great-great-grandmother, uh, but of course... She didn't have the deed. She swindled him. It was a hornswoggle, and it's become known in history as the Louisiana Hornswoggle. Rand, at first, reacted uh, badly to this. He was mad. He was bitter. But in the end, uh, it grew into sort of a begrudging professional respect for your great-great-grandmother. But the, the incident became very famous and attracted cons persons, the matchstick men and women of America, to the town over the years. Is this all true? Well... Oh, yes. I would say with some slight modifications, because you see, my great-great-grandmother, Lucille, she was oh, she was madly in love with your great-great-grandfather. And theirs is a tale of the ages. And I just think that, you know, there are some agreements that happen in love that you just can't capture on a piece of paper or a contract of sorts. And so I think what my great-great-grandmother did was set your great-great-grandfather free a little bit, you know? She didn't want him tied down to any one town, and so she gave him that gift. So I really see it as, you know, I, I'm i sad. I'm sad that your great-great-grandfather was hurt like that. And I know, I know Lucille, oh, she's just... She had a heart of gold and a drawer of gold and and a, a whole bathtub of gold. But I think she was just a smart businesswoman who was misunderstood. And so her talents, like, they were just recognized everywhere, which I think is why she was able to build up such a nice, supportive community here. Have you seen our schools? I mean, she just brought in such great, great talent to really build up all of this town. And so mm. it's a blessing in disguise. So I would say, yes, what you said is true, but just remember there was love behind it and love can't be defined all the time, okay? I think we can just chalk this up, Vince, to a big old misunderstanding. You know, obviously Lucille's heart was in the right place. She gave Rand this opportunity to start his own nation and some wires were crossed. You brought up the schools, Blair. Uh, I want to point out that Lupicia, Louisiana has the highest graduation rate and best grades of anywhere in the country. Obviously, every year, all those records are lost in, in a mysterious fire. But regardless, people are smarter. Oh, too. yes, they are. And those fires are just so tragic. I mean, we've been trying to find mm -hmm. the source every year when it happens and just haven't been able to put our little fingers on it. It's just a slippery little fire. It's, it's a well-known fact that archives are prone to burning down in high humidity coastal regions it's mm -hmm. essentially building them in a tinderbox yes and so i mean i think it i think it speaks well of or it reflects well on us that we at least try we try to build these archives every year and the fires yep. just keep coming and we'll keep just trying you know but yes the kiddos here woo wee they'll knock your socks off with their smarts they got brains made for miles. It's amazing. And I'm just so, so proud of them. And many of them, they go off and they do great, great things. You know, they invent a lot of auto parts. Um, uh, one person, we had one child here, Benny, Benny Cahoots. And um, he took over an entire airline. I mean, we were just all so impressed. And they come back here and they just say, oh, Miss Blair, we oh, thank you so much. So I, that's just the legacy that I'm trying to continue for my great-great-grandma. Benny Cahoots owns Spirit Airlines, I think. He does. And boy, does it have spirit, you know. It really, mm -hmm. it was a perfect name because Benny was, I remember I taught him in Sunday school. And he would always come in every Every Sunday with a big heaping pile of brownies. And I was like, oh, 
Benny, you sure know the way to my heart. And yeah, I mean, a lot of my earrings went missing, but I was just proud of them. You know, you can't be upset mm. about talent. That you can't be. And I think we've gone long enough without singing your personal praises, Blair. Uh, you are not only the proprietor and the instigator of the visitor center here in Lafayette, but it sounds like you are a celebrated educator in your own right. Are you a school teacher? Are you in the administration? Well, I do head up, even though I do not have children of my own, but I feel like all the children of Lafayette are mine. And so I am a, I'm a prominent member on the school board and on the PTA. And I, I work at church. I, I'm on the, I, I teach Sunday school. Um, and I, I also conduct the choir. So I'm very involved in education educating the children here. But most of my time, what I see as my job job, is running the visitor center and just making sure that more people learn about Lafayette and that they want to come here and share in what we've built. And I just want them all to know they can imagine themselves here and we will welcome them with open arms and open hands and open everything. You no, know, that is so admirable. I I just want to shake your hand. Can I shake your oh, hand? Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh and oh, my my ring is missing. Vince and I have these matching mood rings. Oh. Yeah, we got them. It was cool. When we were doing our European Spectacular, yeah. a fortune teller in Romania. Oh, my. You have one just like it. Have you been to Romania? Like, you're wearing one right now that's, like, exactly the same way. Oh, I guess we're Romanian cousins. Yeah. Are you sure that's that's not mine? Elliot, why would she Why would she have your one? She would have her one. Okay. Huh. But, you know, I'll keep an eye out for it. It's nice that I know that this is what it looks like, because if I see one, I'll make sure I mail it to you. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because it looks identical to that one, so it's kind of like tying a, a string around your finger. Like, it's just going to be a reminder to find that and that one's engraved with the em oh, yeah. so uh, what is that what is it yours em stand for because my brother's it stood for his initials well i don't i don't like to talk about this but it actually stands for an ex-lover of mine his name it was yeah oh yeah say no more Say no more. The secrets of but the I, heart can remain so. Yeah. But I think we should say a little bit more on the subject of the titular woman of this town. Business. Couldn't agree more. It's time for one of our all-time classic segments, Local Legends. Ooh-wee, love that. We do too, Blair. <laughs> well, listeners, you know that Local Legends is our opportunity to invest a person of note from whatever town we're visiting here in Rand's second all-time favorite town. That is the titular Lucille Lufisiette, your great-great-grandmother, Blair. Can you tell us about her? Oh, well, my Louisiana, yes, I can. Well, I wish, you know, everyone in my family has said, I'm just the spitting image of her. And I carry that in my heart with such great pride because not only was she beautiful and graceful and gracious, but she was smart as a whip and quick as a tiger. And I just, you know, she was a giver. And I think she put her whole heart into building a world that would make people feel welcome. And anytime you, so she would host these really big uh, lawn parties. I don't know if you've had a chance to go and visit her house. If you want to, it's a big stop on the visitor center tour here. But anyway, it's at the end of Maple Lane and she has this beautiful house, beautiful lawn. And every summer on the 8th of July, she would throw a Lafisiat Town party. And there'd be a parade and cotton candy and there'd be firecrackers and she would get the town band to come in and they'd play on her gazebo and all the kids and all the families would come and they'd drink iced tea and lemonade all day long. And everyone said that that was the thing that they looked forward to every year. If you're looking for a party or a celebration, I mean, that's just... That's my great-grandmother. That's her, and that's what she did. And everywhere she went, everyone said, wow, there's a party light around her. And sure, you might see some things in the papers, if any of them survived the fires, about how she was a swindler or a crook. But would a crook build a library? 
I don't think so. Yeah, crooks don't build libraries. You mentioned her being as quick as a tiger. Her compound to this day is still guarded by several Bengal tigers. Everything is solid gold. It's like a very ornate French Tudor-style mansion. It's one of these parties, too, that our great-great-grandfather ran, met Lucille. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, oh, those Tigers, they're so beautiful. And I've just kept up the tradition of, you know, bringing new tigers in uh, just to keep the history alive. But I've heard just their stories passed down in the town about that day that Rand and Lucille met. And they said that it was it was right around, there was a big bonfire going on. And he looked across at her, and she looked across at him, and a bunch of fireworks actually fell into the bonfire. And it was just this big explosion, and they looked across at each other, and their eyes were aglow, and they knew right then that they were just in love. And I've always, oh, I've just, one day I want to find that for myself. But it's not every day that you just see a big pile of fireworks going off in front of you as a signal from the universe to say, hey, here's the love of your life. Go after them and get them. So Lucille, she always read signs like that. And wealth didn't it didn't change her in that way, you know? She just seemed to accumulate things naturally. They came to her. And that's what I always say is the universe love great-great-grandma. Just gave and gave and gave. You know, usually, Vince, we read from Rand's journal, and we're going to in the next segment, but we do have from the town records Seal's journal entry of this very night. Uh, it's, it's quite amazing, um, I, I'd, I'd like to read from it right now. Absolutely. You know, Not at all, Elliot. You know, we're big fichophiles here on the show, uh, myself particularly. Of the very few fiches remaining in town, uh, there was one that says, uh, from pretty recently, Little Rock Zoo loses tiger exhibit 10th in area over last six months. Uh, and then after that, the only other fiche was a recantation of Lucille Lefissiette herself. You know, they say if you lose one fish, shame on you. If you lose two, shame on me. me. Yeah, and I I do want to point out, listeners, I am not a huge fishophile. Vince has sort of pushed his fish agenda on me. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I'm glad that you are, Vince, because we were able to find this amazing journal entry. Your great-great-grandmother had beautiful script handwriting. She says... It's dated July 8th, 1807, and she says, I met the most amazing man today at one of my parties. His name's Rand McSomebody, Um, and I think I can get a little bit of money and maybe more out of him. And then she's drawn a picture, sort of like what you see in those old Looney Tune cartoons where it looks like Rand's body, but his head is uh, like like a Cornish hen. And then there's another one where it's his body and his head is like a lollipop, like a sucker or something. Well, she is. She does have an eye for art. She always loved the mm-hmm. galleries and museums and any paintings she could get her hands on. So I'm not surprised she tried to draw a rendition of your great-great-grandfather. And I'm sure, you know, it, what, what, when you say get money out of someone, they, here, that's a local expression. That's a local expression. Oh, yeah. This is a little bonus say what segment. Yeah. So what does that mean if someone says they want to get money out of someone? It means that you want to go into serious love business with them. You know, a business. What's uh, a, yeah, what's a business deal if it's not built on love? So that was, that was my great, great grandma picking him out and saying he's something special. I want to share. I want to share my life with him. What a beautiful entry. She has a way with words, don't you think? Both words and pictures. She's a, a double threat, as they would say in the journal entry writing business. I mean, they say pictures are worth a thousand words. She had, you know, maybe about 50 words in her journal entry, and then two pictures of Rand, so that's already like 2,050 words. Oh, yeah. Here they say pictures are worth a thousand gold bars. <laughs> well, this has become a very valuable piece of fish, but maybe you could take us back in time to the moments surrounding when the history books first really got wind of the Louisiana Hornswoggle, when that word, Hornswoggle, got attached to the town. Did the town sort of wear it like a badge of pride for a while? This would have been when your grand great-great-grandmother was still alive. So did she, what did she think of it? Oh, well, you know, at first, I think she was hurt by it. 
You know, she loved Rand, and that was a big thing for her to swallow, just to say goodbye to him, and just to be branded with something like Hornswoggle. It doesn't roll off the tongue. And my great-great-grandmother, she's a woman who, you know, everything rolls. It just rolls, and it's nice, and it's curved, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. And so Hornswoggle, that was tough. But what she decided to do was write a series of poems, a big old poetry collection titled Hornswoggle Me This. And boy, that lit off like a wildfire in a microfiche department. It was just, you know, everyone really embraced it. And there were all these beautiful poems, a love poem essentially to Rand, a big long epic poem, trying to unpack what does Hornswoggle mean? And at the heart of it, I think it's more about, you know, a big old hug. It's just a big old hug that you can feel warm and good about. So it was an effort for her to take a step back and take this ugly, ugly word that people had used to blemish her name and say, you know what? Not in my Leficiat. Not in this town. This will be a town of beauty and harmony. And what better way to embrace that than with a good old-fashioned poem? You know, unfortunately, she had all these poems written. She had so many investors in the publishing of this book. And then uh, the the publishing uh, factory burned down. Tragically. It was never released. But I'm sure that you, as such a fan of hers, must have at least one committed to memory. Oh, yeah. If not seven or eight. They are just so good. Even though they're little ear... What are they called? Earworms? When they get stuck in your ear like a song? That's That's how this one is. So... The, I'll, I will read the title poem or I'll recite it um, from memory. So, horn swoggle me this. Morning breaks and the sun shines through. I wake up in the town of horn swoggle deals. What is a horn swoggle, you say? Huh, okay. It is a hug. It is love. It is time for us to come together. What a deal. What a bargain. Love lasts forever. A deal? Well, that's cheap. And that's just the, that's the beginning of it. But then she, she does a lot of exploration of her emotional drainage after that whole relationship ended. And I just, you know, after my relationship from the, this ring, I just, I think back to her struggles and I think about how she had to go through that. And if she can walk through fire like that, then I sure can too. She truly is an artist. Uh, I particularly like how she had a sort of a artful scoff as part of the meter of the poem. She goes, she like scoffs as indignantly in the poem. Mm -hmm. Now that's performative. I mean, she just, she, she captures a whole a whole safari in a word, you know? Like a single word is just an experience that you remember forever. Part of being a good writer is making your readers feel your words. And I'm just, when you said that, I imagine the word scoff in capital letters in its own line in the poem. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I believe she did. She did reserve entire lines for big old capped words. And that is one that she just... You know, she wanted to draw attention to it. And boy, did she know how to draw attention. And she walks into a room, all eyes on her. Just so wonderful. Well, that is wonderful. And Vince, I think we should take the opportunity to read some capped words, maybe some lowercase words, maybe, I don't know, some sentence case words as well. (laughs) Any case of word that would be normally contained within written language, we will read here in a segment that we call Random Thoughts. That sounds nice. I like that. We like it too, and so do our listeners. This season's iteration of Wouldn't You Like to Know? We're going to read from Rand's Travel Journal and then hear from one of you guys. Uh, Hey, Vince, I'm going to go long. Do you mind if you throw me Rand's Journal? (laughs) Yeah. Set 22. 22, Baltimore. Baltimore. Hike. I'm open. Yep. I'm open. Oh, got it. All right. Yeah, we're getting pretty good. Yeah, we are. You know, a, a lot of listeners have been writing in saying that uh, we were so careful with Rand's journal up until, you know, the last five or so episodes. What happened? Why are we treating this relic uh, like a, a 
ball or some other toy and a napkin yeah coaster you know i'm gonna come clean i actually was making juice a couple mornings ago all my juicing equipment is one of the rooms in the rv it's like a big rube goldberg device and i accidentally juiced part of Rand's journal so that was a mistake but to me i don't know about you vince but i think that this heirloom has survived what like 200 years it can survive a little more we were being a little too gentle with it if anything absolutely history is made to be experienced not looked at through a hermetically sealed briefcase so uh which wasn't even transparent to begin with so good luck with that yeah so i think we're just gonna pop this open you know i'm gonna i'm just gonna rip this page out um, and again, again, Elliot, this is starting to seem excessive. You can just just normally look at the page. I, I only ripped half of it, so I'll just kind of <laughs> pat it down. I think it, it's it's sticking. It's sticking back. Why don't you wet, wet your finger and reseal it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, okay. there you go. There we go. Nice. There we go. Okay, so this is journal entry from Rand, uh, and this is very interesting. This must have been Blair right after your great great grandmother sold our great great grandfather the land. For his sovereign nation. Mm, okay. Oh. So, listeners, uh, the Louisiana Hornswoggle, as we have talked about, entailed Rand buying this plot of land and not knowing that, unfortunately, Lucille hadn't really owned it to begin with. And he created his own sovereign nation for a very limited amount of time. He called it Ranada. And Vince, he's written down a whole bunch of ideas uh, about what his new nation could be. So, I think I'm going to read. From this entry right here. Oh, awesome. This is sort of like um, uh, the Prometheus of a Bill of Rights that he has Mm -hmm. outlined here. Very interesting, Elliot. I'm excited. So he says, and actually starts as a letter. He says, Dear America, you can suck on my big nads. Wow. (laughs) And actually, this is interesting. Nads is spelled with a K back then in the early 100s. (laughs) I love interesting linguistic quirks like that. Me too. So he says, if you can suck on my big nads, um, I'm starting my own nation. I've charted your shitty lands and waters long enough. I don't even know where the shores of Tripoli are. So I'm going to make everything from the ground up right here in Ranada. Article number one, he just gets right into it. Article number one, (laughs) these, these are like some sort of articles of confederation he's outlining. He says, I'm the coolest guy here. No questions asked. Mm. I, mean, I think that's a given. I must have been still smarting from when John Adams took that title from him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he and Adams went back and forth. They so weren't much. friends. They, they weren't were friends. not. No. I can see why my great grand great great grandmother was attracted to him. He sounds like a he sounds like a spitfire too. Oh yeah. Oh but, yes, he was. <laughs> but I mean, if you're gonna go with Rand McNally, a handsome cartographer, or a guy that looks like Paul Giamatti, I think, you know, you're going to go with Rand McNally. Clear choice. Sorry, Paul, we know you're a fan of the show. We didn't really mean anything by that. (laughs) Just for comparison, article number two is that, hey, there are no rules. Mm. And it just says, hey, he didn't say, I mean, these are articles. Maybe he should have said there are no articles. I I don't know. It might be confusing to people. Uh, But it seems like he just wanted this to be like a free love you know, Woodstock type of feel. Mm, okay, well, it's it's weird, though, that he then has more rules written beneath this. It's kind of contradictory. Oh, yeah, he has hundreds. He has hundreds of rules, actually. We should, why don't we go around and read some, each of us read some. Yeah, uh, Vince, do you have a favorite? That, just skimming the page. Yeah, 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 I've earmarked one. Um, <clears throat> here we go. He says three different silos of the government, and then he has, like, five consecutive question marks. Wow, pretty lame. Try 19. So many checks, twice as many balances. Get flipping wrecked. What a visionary. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I can't even imagine. So you've got the executive, and then you've got the judicial, and then just legislative. And then what would come after? Do you have any ideas, Elliot? Like, what would be... Because he, although he said 19, he did not write any of them down. No, this was, no. He <laughs> this just, just said a brainstorm. There uh, would be that many. Well, I think he would be like the executive coolness. So that sort of trumps anything the executive branch does. So right. if all the checks and balances go over and he's like, eh, not feeling it today. Goes right back into the bureaucratic cycle. Nice. Sort of a soft fascism. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well. Miss Lufisiette, do you have a favorite here on the list? Let me just go down the line here. Oh, okay. I like this one. He says, Every piece of furniture in Lufisiette must have a grand old painting 
painted underneath it. Underneath it, Rand. If you do, I didn't know that's where this came from. But it is a, it is something. Oh my! If you look under any piece of furniture in Lafayette, there's a painting underneath. Is it painted on the furniture? Is it stashed beneath no, it? No, no, no! It's painted on it. All of our carpenters and woodworkers here, oh, they get orders from around the world because of this. That's where a lot of our wealth comes from. Oh, I didn't know that came from your great-great-grandfather. Oh, see, guys, I'm thinking I'm starting to put two and two together here. If we go up another couple dozen of articles of Ranada, it says 100% of the art tax in Ranada goes to the executive coolness branch. Oh, mm, I see. Mm. So it would be, he's like, everything becomes art, I see. Yeah. Coolness ain't cheap. No. Which is, which is actually another article. <laughs> just says coolness ain't cheap. I think they sort of devolved into these sort of axioms and <laughs> words of wisdom that he's sort of off the cuffing because many of them aren't really rules at all. One of them is like a list of his favorite seafoods. Mm. Hmm. Well, he did. Yeah. Well, he's in a good place for that. Yeah. And I mean, down by the Gulf, he he loved crawfish. He loved uh, alligator. Actually, he was a big fan of that. All of that Louisiana had to offer, which is why he was so excited to start his nation down here in what he claimed was the heart of America. Um, Blair, what happened? You know, how did he find out that eventually Ranada was not real? Uh-huh. Well, I think I remember it was the night after. If I they, we, the history textbooks that survived here, um, they tell this story better than I ever could. It is heartbreaking. So it was the night after a big old fire down at the newspaper house. Big old fire came through, and Rand. You know, he was a man of the press and wanted to make sure that his town had good news sources. He ran down there. He took he took his best horse, Ebert, and he and Ebert went all the way so fast to the press. And he gets there and there's an arrow, an arrow stuck in a tree where he and my great-great-grandmother had carved their initials and a heart and all of that to do. And the arrow just said... We're coming for you. Taking it back. This is ours. And he didn't know. He didn't know where it had come from or what it all meant. And then he went home and thought about it a little bit, I guess. But then when he went home, his home was all boarded up. And there was a big sign on the door that said, get out. Get out now. Get out. It said it like that three times. And he just knew he wasn't welcome and it wasn't his anymore. And then there was a big old parade that came through and they just said, we hate Rand. We hate Rand. And, you know, I don't know who organized all of this. There are rumors. Rumors abound. But anyway, he got the message multiple ways that night. These were dark times in the Rand McNally epic. Uh, Any map that he made because he was still being commissioned by the United States while he was trying to moonlight starting his own nation. Any map he made was just black. It was a black piece of paper. Oh, that breaks my heart to hear that. Oh, he couldn't even do his passion and his calling anymore. Oh, I just, I can't stand how broken up it must have made him. But, you know, those were the times and some things get messy. It gets messy when there's love involved and Maybe maybe it worked out for the best. Did he go on? Did he do okay after? Yeah, I mean, many people say that Rand's, uh, he was in his, his mid to late 30s when he met Lucille. His, his later years were some of his most artistically impressive. He, of course, did the famous charting of the Aleutian Islands. He discovered the overland route from coast to coast. Uh, some of his critics calling that just... The, the country itself, the land, but um, teach their own. Uh, and of course, he, he made the very first comprehensive map of the United 50 States of America. He was also the person that said, hey, did you guys ever realize that Iceland is pretty green and Greenland is icy? Yeah, that famous quip. Oh, yeah, I've read about that. 
Oh my. Well, I hope, I hope that everything can just be water under the bayou and he, you and I, we can all just put this behind us because, you know, what we like to say here in the Fissiat is that when something burns, something else grows. Mm. I think that's a great way to wrap this thing up. I mean, no hard feelings at all. You do have my wallet in your hand. I'm just going to Take that away. Don't one know more how. Time. Let's just keep. Oh, just I don't. Keep it's Elliot the yeah, it's frog. The spring. Mm, yeah, yeah, don't use the. Don't keep those frogs in your wallet anymore. You can only help you well, help you so much. While I'm trying to shove my wallet back into my pocket, would you mind reading one of our listener submitted questions? Oh, absolutely. Okay, it says, "Dear town of Lafissia." Where do you go for a good time on a Monday through Friday night? Oh. Weekends not included in this question. Yeah. Also, question is addressed to the entire town. That's true. Do I need to take a poll? I think we could do probably like a live Twitter poll right now. Oh, you tweeters. Okay. <laughs> okay, I don't really know how this is going to work because the podcast will be released after the fact. But let's see. Let's see. Let's tweet out... Um, what do you guys like to do on, what, what was it, a Friday well, night? Well, on Monday through Friday night. Monday through Friday. Okay, well, let's see what responses we get. I mean, I do. Oh, yeah, Blair, they're popping up right now. Do you want to oh read some Oh, my gosh. Yes, I would love that. Oh, 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 oh. This one. I see I'm not on Twitter, but I know the pictures. So this is, oh, this is Benny. This is Spirit Airlines Benny. Oh, we miss him. Benny Cahoots? Oh, gosh, what a precious angel baby. Oh, well, he... I know he's going to have a good suggestion because he was a wild one here. Oh, sure enough, he does. He says, go on, go on down to Whiskey Whiskey Hole Hole. Oh, my gosh. That's a fun little place. It's this wild and crazy saloon-style bar. And, boy, they have, they do have the best crawfish. They soak all of their foods there. They soak them in whiskey. I don't know if it's more of a, it's like everything is just whiskey infused. And that is a fun place on a Monday through Friday because they have a lot of good specials. Yeah, yeah. That's the, Banny said that one. That sounds like a really fun place. I do remember that reading from Rand's journal uh, about this town and he was saying that Lucille would always insist that he drank a lot. And she always seemed to be drinking water or some non-alcoholic beverage. She wanted to keep keep her cool in front of Rand. I think he made her a little bit nervous, you know, all that pitter-patter of early love. And, of course, she didn't want to embarrass mm-hmm. herself in front of him, but she wanted him to have a good time and to feel like he could relax. A lot of us, I, I don't drink whiskey. I, you can see here my water glass, just water in my water glass. But you guys want? Do you boys? Do you boys want a little something extra special in your iced tea there? Ah, yeah, of course. You know, sure, it's a yeah. celebratory time. Our our penultimate oh, show. Oh my word! Okay, well here, let me just give you a little drop, drop, drop. <laughs> wow! Ooh, is it supposed to roil and sizzle when it hits the iced tea? This tastes like lighter fluid. Well. It's very strong down here in Louisiana. Only make things strong, you know. Strong hearts, strong minds can't lose. Elliot, your eye, your pupils have turned into little X's. They feel like they're bloody. My eyes feel like that's how bloody. you know. That's how you know it's in you. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think we're into Elliot. What's that? Our next segment. I couldn't agree more, Vince. And that's when we call. You can't do that here. <laughs> Excellent amount of sass on that segue, Elliot. I feel Thank like you. we've truly perfected our art. and Just in time to end, end the show forever. Well, that's neither here nor there. But here in Lafissiette, you might think to yourself, with its colorful past, that it would be sort of a lawless part of the world, where not too many things are against the rules. But you'd be wrong, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. We have a lot of, we are a law-abiding town. And boy, have we just got boatloads of laws. Do you want to hear one? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's exactly what we're well, looking for. Well, this is one of my favorites because I think it is super applicable to life. So you cannot, it is illegal to re-gift an item here. 
And that's something that always just drove me up the wall. You know, I hear, I'll talk to my friends in neighboring towns and get together at these big old meetings where we talk about being powerful. And we, we, they'll share stories about how someone, they saw someone get a gift, like maybe some type of a set of doilies or maybe some coasters. And then they receive that same gift for a birthday or an anniversary present. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. And they said, no, that's something that happened. And I said, well, not, not in the town of Lafayette. Never. Gifts are original and they come once and they're special. I think, you know, that just, it stimulates the economy that way. You're not going to get some crappy gift and then be able to give it away if you need to. you got to buy something for that person, and it makes it more thoughtful, too, I think. What about you? Ben? I think it makes it, I think it makes all the difference in the world, frankly. Um, we have a segment uh, that we like to do sometimes called No Gifts, Ands, or Butts, and if during that segment we were just given the first gift back to us, it would really derail the show. <laughs> yeah, like if we gave, if we gave in the segment a gift to someone, and then minutes later they just put it down underneath their chair and then pulled out the same thing. That just wouldn't make for a good podcast. No. I'm glad that you boys see the light because it do, it do, it makes everything terrible. You can't, you can't, you can't just run on a cycle of one gift going around and around and around more gifts, more gifts is what we say. You know what? I, I kind of viewed this other law that I ran into as another gift. And I, I wonder if you could shed some light on this one, Blair, when Vince and I got into town we had to buy how many was it, Vince? Thirty different insurance policies. Yeah, we have um, we have Progressive uh, mm-hmm. for our for our RV. Uh, it's a it's the home and auto bundle because the auditor could not decide whether it was a home or an auto. So it, you know we sort of the unconventional in between part of mm-hmm. that coverage instead of both ends. Uh, but upon crossing city limits. Turns out that in this neck of the woods, that wasn't sufficient. Every auto part on the RV needed to be insured separately. And uh, it caused considerable stomach aches to our legal team. Right when we got into town, all these different insurance agents just sort of descended upon us. Some were on the roof. Some were kind of smearing themselves across the windshield. They were chittering like locusts. And then they went, to, they went so far as to say that each article of clothing Vince and I were wearing had to be insured as well because that tangentially powered the vehicle. Now, lucky for us that Elliot has his policy of wearing uh, long john onesies with the butt flap um, because, you know, he usually is down to one or two articles of clothing, maybe four if he's got shoes on today. Today he doesn't. He's got the booty the booty mm-hmm. onesie. It's just more comfortable for the long days on the road. I, I don't disagree. And now you look like a genius. And Vince, you're you're quite the opposite. I mean, you have layers of shirts on. You have layers of pants on. Uh, somehow you you were wearing Birkenstocks, and those were shoved into a pair of boots you were wearing. Yeah, I also uh, you can find this on the on the show store. But I have a policy where I wear underpants that are crotchless, but then also crotch-only underpants. It's two separate articles of clothing. I think it it aids mobility, sort of how like a knight's suit of armor will have rivets in it so the the knight can move. It gives me more leg dexterity. Oh, my. Well, I can see. If you boys are anything like your great-great-grandfather, I can see why Lucille was attracted to to him because you just so stylish oh elliot uh you're i don't know if you're blushing or if it's just the louisiana heat but i can definitely feel my hackles rising yeah my butt flap just popped open my gosh oh your wallet oh yeah and <laughs> oh, now no. you are holding my wallet once more i'm just going to take take that away from you i do have pockets on the butt flap that's how i've been storing my wallet as well just to clarify it's a single large butt pocket it's like a reverse kangaroo type thing. <laughs> Blair, can you explain why the need for all this insurance in a town? I mean, obviously there's a lot of fires, but what else? Well, don't you want to demonstrate that all of your belongings are important to you? 
You don't want to make one belonging mm-hmm. feel more important than another. And like you said, we do have a lot of fires here and a lot of things go missing. So if you don't have that insurance to cover it, well, you're, you're up the bayou without a canoe. You know, you just, what are you going to do? So that's there for your protection. It's a law that, oh, I have one of my uncles was just 10 million percent behind that law. He was an insurance man himself, and he recognized the importance of making sure all your possessions, all your belongings, every single piece of your car and your clothing is all insured. I just think it really helps people here feel safe. Don't you feel safer now that you have all those policies and you're covered? I feel like with the amount of policies we have, because they they printed all of them out for us, it's almost a a hazard in the RV now with these stacks of paper. Yeah, we need to fichify these. Too sweet. Vince, please stop pushing the fiche onto me. (laughs) There's a time and a place. (laughs) Yeah, and that time and place is taking paper documents and making them into tiny but equally informative pieces of film. It's digital these days, man. We, we've talked about it. Ah, I'm a fan of the fish, I will say. Hey, a okay. woman of taste and culture. You can, what did they say? You can teach, you can give a man a fish and feed him for a day, but you can teach a man a fish. Yeah, and, and feed him for a lifetime. <laughs> That's if you're eating this fish or somehow subsisting or maybe it's like the knowledge you're feeding the knowledge yes you're fed by information that was among the most evocative things i've ever heard in my life you keep living your fish dream and you as well thank you i think we should live one more dream and that is to do one of our listeners and our favorite segments with the lovely and talented blair lufisiette what do you say Vince? i couldn't agree more for the second to last time ever Let's throw it over to Did You Know? Ooh, I like the sound of this. It's a mystery. Well, the mystery will be cleared up right now when I explain it to people who probably already know what it is. Did You Know is our rapid-fire, fast-fact round firing. Five facts at you from whatever town we're in. Guys, I've got the first one. Elliot, can't wait to hear it. Guys, did you know that in Lufisiette, Louisiana. Whenever you go out to a store, everything is presented by a person with the product that you want to buy underneath three different cups that they move around. Ah, the classic shell game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if you say you have to go out to the store, you maybe you forgot something or you're just buying all your groceries. Down every aisle, there's someone with the items you're looking for in that cup. They're moving them around. And hey, if you pick the right cup, sure, you can buy it. But if you don't, then you're out of luck. You still pay. Oh, yeah. But you don't get... There is an entry fee to every store as well. Yeah. It's like a cover. But you're paying for a game. You're paying for entertainment, are you not? Yeah, that's true. Sounds square and fair to me. Well, okay. Go out and try it. See what you think. Well, you're a bit of an entrepreneur yourself. You have an Etsy page. You know, we're big Etsy files. Here on the show. We have one laptop devoted to Etsy. That's right. List, long-term listeners would know that. So you've got, uh, what do you sell on Etsy? I sell a number of crocheted items, mostly sweaters, and I've got some ornaments that you can hang from a Christmas tree if you'd like. Excellent. That sounds that sounds perfect. Um, the, the knitted crocheted ornament. Uh, Elliot, why don't you go ahead and pay for the privilege of trying to buy it. Oh, this is very interesting. I love what you've done with this page, Blair, because it seems like one of those old uh, Macromedia Flash sites has popped up, and now the little the little crocheted piece that you've made is under three cups, and they're spinning around. Oh, digital shell game. Very fun. Wow. Did that say $100 charged to our account? Yep. Yeah, it did. Um, Vince, I think it's the right one. What about you? Well, I'm, I always go middle. I bet I okay. always bet middle um, okay. because it sounds like bet midler. That makes perfect sense. Okay, let's do the let's do the middle. Uh, ah, rats. I guess rats. we're not getting it. I guess we're not getting it. But hey, you know it was for a good cause. And Blair, do you have our next Digino you know fact for us? Oh yes, I do. Um, did you know that we have an entire choir here comprising of just dogs? It's made of dogs. 
And they just, wow, they have an entire album out. They sing all types of just like your your classic crooners, a lot of Frank Sinatra. Um, they're into some Miles Davis where they all just play all the different instruments with their barks. It's Amazing. And so there, there is a dog, Miles Davis. <laughs> Essentially, I mean, can anyone? No one, no one can be Miles Davis, but they aspire. I've never seen a more motivated group of dogs and hounds. They're so oh, so talented and so good. And you should, you should really try to catch them down at the town square. I saw a solo performance by Nat King Charles Spaniel Cole, and he was a little crooner yeah he is that yeah he loves he loves he loves the attention but he deserves it he's so talented well so does this dog choir serve any purpose in the town other than just being cute elliot what purpose hath art plato would ask (laughs) i don't understand but why what should they also be a dog sled team or something elliot Jeez, louise i'm just i'm just wondering you know if, if there's uh some some history behind it, you know, was Rand involved in the creation of this? Yikes, it's not all about Rand. Well, actually, I'm just perusing uh, through his journal again. Article 257, dogs should be in a choir. My Louisiana, I, wow. I did, again, I'm stunned. I didn't know that came from him. But it is a tradition here. It's a tradition I can get behind. I'll just say that. I, yeah, it, who can't, you know? It's just... This dog's having a good time. It's like dogs playing poker, which was yeah. a real thing. What a good painting. You know it's real because they painted it. Yeah, they painted it on the floor under furniture in this town. Yep. Well, guys, I didn't know that. I'm glad I do now. Uh, but did you know that here in Lafayette, there is a legal statute that essentially equates to common law language that says, finders keepers, losers weepers, Jeepers Creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is actually written down in in the proverbial fiche, Vince. <laughs> yeah. In in the so-called fiche, in that everything that is written is fiche, because this is actually is not fichified. It's just um it's just the town's constitution. Mm. Um so yeah, it says it says he or she or they who hath found something derelict of ownership now is said owner for all writs and purposes. And then under under that, it says in common law. Again, I repeat, finders, keepers, losers, weepers, jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Blair, have you ever enforced this law? Is there anything that you've found that you are now the keeper of? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, what haven't I found? It, I, I live by this every single day. This is our town mantra. Um, so let's see. I'm even just looking around my shop here. Oh, yeah. Do you see that tiara up there? That's I beautiful. just found it. So I took it. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Gee, where'd you get those creep, creeper peepers? <laughs> so I found it. I was out for a walk on a trail and I found that. And then, oh, that over there. Oh, that's just, uh, it's a, an entire jewelry box full of jewels. Found that. Took it. Well, here's a fresh baked pie I just found today. And if you boys want to slap me, I'll share it with you. Finders keepers, but also I'll I'll let you have some. Who is your developer? Because they get these things up on your Etsy page in record time. If you stole that pie today, it's it's nine in the morning local time, and that means you must have stolen the pie and photographed it from several angles. Because whenever you mouse over a picture on your Etsy page, it does like a Four frame, three sixty degree spin. I think actually, Vince, that's just our laptop. It has some sort of a bug <laughs> that, <laughs> that happens with all oh, the yeah. It's a little yeah. different. Yeah. Maybe the oil's getting low. I actually baked a pie that looks just like that this morning. It's so funny. We we really seem to be on the same wavelength. Oh, is this boysenberry? Boysenberry. Oh. It's Elliot's favorite pie type. To oh, bake. well, it's my favorite pie type to eat. So that's good. We're well, a pair. We're, well, that's perfect. Well, I didn't know that, but did you guys know that? Rand and Lucille actually invented one of uh, Lucille's favorite griffs. Mm, yes, this brief but torrid part in history when they were both professionally related and in a relationship, a, a mm-hmm. love affair. Blair, let me see if you if this still exists today. Um, you know, it's just something that couples do for fun. So basically what happened is Rand would be 
walking around with a pie similar to the one that you have found uh, that is very similar to the one I, I baked. Finders um, keepers, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yep. <laughs> and so Rand would be pretending he was a blind man. And then he would say that he misplaced this pie and someone would go up to help him and he'd be very distraught. Um, Lucille would come over and playing his wife character and being very upset with her husband that uh, he lost the pie. And this person would go out and then offer to buy a new pie for him. Oh, yeah. Well, that's called, that's called the old lovers round the rue. Lovers round the rue. Is what is what we that we it still lives on, and that is it's such a fun game to play to play with that person that you love, and you just become a team, and you go out and you get something fun at the end of it. You know, lovers round the room. It's so nice. Yeah. What's great about it is that you can replace the pie in it with anything. It could be jewelry. It could be a tiara. It could be a wallet. Whatever. You're just getting someone to buy something for you that you may or may not already own. Yeah, that's what nobody knows. Again, it's a mystery. It's just something fun. I get excited just thinking about it. I haven't played Lovers Round the Room since my ex, but, you know, (laughs) that's neither here nor there. Um, But I hope to one day play Lovers Round the Room again. I miss it. It's so much fun. Vince, I was going to say that you were telling me about having to help out several blind people in town. Now I'm wondering if they were being honest. But the stakes are too high, Elliot, karmically. You help somebody put down a mortgage on a house. Let he who is without sin, a.k.a. Let he who has not misplaced a mortgage cast the first stone. And I think we both know that you and I live in a glass house when it comes to that. You know what? You got me. Well, Blair, do you got us one last did you know fact? Did you know that we won the state championship title 13 years in a row? For speedboating. Wow. So like those those fan boats that are on the bayou? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We only do fan. It's speedboatings with fans, only with fans. And we have people come in from around the world. I mean, there were people here from the south of France just last year. And we had some folks up from, oh, what is that? It was so, oh, Newfoundland, that area. Iceland, as you've mentioned before, is green. But we have people come from all over the world. And they just... Honestly, can't seem to figure out for the life of them why they can't win. And I just say, ooh, I don't know. I just raise my little shoulders and I shrug and I say, ooh. But we have a history of winning those speedboating tournaments. And they actually just started. It was something I started up about exactly 13 years ago. Um, Because you have to put down some big buckaroonies to get in that, you know? Absolutely. Um, Red Bull presents the Southern Louisiana Airboat Spectacular, where the biggest fans are on the boats. Um, It's televised on ESPN News every other year. Dozens of people attend. You have these high-octane competitors from such glorified racing nations as France, the Canadian province of Newfoundland, and Iceland. And uh, they come and they compete, but you know who wins? The American team, every time. It's interesting, too, because you, you get all these very high-powered, big-spender people from all around the world staying at the local one hotel in town. It's very ornate. Um, very beautiful, and there's always these mishaps where you know things go missing. Um, but it, there's you can't blame it on the staff or anything. There's just so much hustle and bustle and stuff going around the town that things are going to happen. I remember last year when I was watching on ESPN News, and the uh, the team from Romania they had the fans from their boat stolen, and they were just blowing really hard in the opposite direction, trying to make it go. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of grit. Those Romanians, they did a great job, and I got to hand it to them for going out there like that without their fans. I was just like, oh no, what happened to their fans? They're gone. Like you, you got to be prepared. Your fan is your best thing on your boat. You got to keep track of it. I don't know what happened. That's rule number one when it comes to fan boating. I, I saw that Vince. I think even more embarrassing was the Welsh team, which they came out. Um, their flight. Uh, I think they were on Spirit Airlines, got mysteriously rerouted. They didn't even show up. So 
in the ESPN footage, they'd say things like, okay, and now we're cutting to the Welsh team, and then there would just be, like, still placid water with nothing in it. That was a nice part of the broadcast, though, because you could get up and refill your chips. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked that, because I think we wanted them to feel, like, we wanted the Welsh team to feel like they had a space there. That was so unfortunate about their flight. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I was talking to them over the phone. I felt so bad. Yeah, those are some genuine oh-nos. Those are the most sincere oh-nos I've ever heard. And sincerely, from us to you, Blair Lefissiette, thank you for joining us for Rand's second favorite all-time town. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. And it would be a pleasure for you to join us in the little tradition we have for the second to last time ever. Wish you were here. Oh, I would love that. I just got to say thank you, Vince and Elliot, for coming all the way down here to visit. It means a lot. I feel like you're family, you know? Thank you for this Glogostov brand fan that you attach to the top of our RV. It's sure to help with our aerodynamics. This thing gets terrible gas mileage, so we can take any help we will get. Just blow you right on out of here, you know? Come back whenever you want. (laughs) Well, thank you. And we'd like some help from you. Uh, in this audio postcard from us to Rand. It goes something like this. Dear Rand, wish you were here again in Lufisia, Louisiana. A town known for its colorful checkered past of hornswoggles and swindles, but also for its hearts of gold. And a town where our hearts are as open as our minds and your pockets. A town home to the once-was-sovereign nation of Ranada. A town where you won't find much fish but you will find plenty of friends willing to give you a chance to buy their goods and services. A town where you should view every misunderstanding and complicated relationship as a gift and a true, true hug. In a town, Rand, that we can bet on you loving what it turned into. Farewell from these parts to yours. (laughs) 